Welcome back to a very special episode of the Carter Cast. So we typically only do these once a week, but now we're going to try and up them to two times a week. But if not, we'll get a minimum once a week coming out on Mondays or Tuesdays, depending on what's going on. So this week we have on Zion Olojede. He is the creator of the at Duke NBA Twitter account. If you haven't seen it, go follow it. Also, go follow his personal Twitter page, at Zion Olojede, and also check out his Complex Sports Podcast anywhere you find your podcast. It's awesome. We also get into how he started his Twitter account. Also, the huge Boston College win this past Wednesday, this team's future, the next head coach of Duke basketball, and much more. But before we get into our interview with Zion, that's right, we're brought to you by Pod Talk. If you've listened to us, you know Pod Talk is the best way to listen to podcasts. It has the best interface. It's much different than all the other podcast listening apps. Go check it out today in the App Store. Also, I use it myself. Go listen to this podcast right now. I hope you're listening to us on Pod Talk as we speak. So go download today in the App Store. And now our interview with Zion. All right, we now welcome on Zion Alojade. Yeah, he's the <laughs> creator of the at Duke NBA Twitter account. You can also follow his personal Twitter page at Zion Alojade. I'll have the spelling and the link and the bios and everything will be good. <laughs> um, he's also part of the Complex Sports Podcast. Go check it out anywhere you find your podcast. Zion, how are we doing? What's up, man? How are you doing? Uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Anytime. Uh, all right, let's talk about Wednesday night. We're recording this Friday at 6 Eastern. Mm-hmm. How did we squeak out that win against Boston College? Man, I, it, it's crazy because Duke, Duke obviously trailed, what was it, by 16, 17 points mm-hmm. at, some, at one point. And to be honest, it just never <laughs> felt like a loss to me. It just, yeah. I tweeted it. It just never felt like a loss. It kind of felt like Boston College was – kind of um playing playing above their standards a little bit i mean they shot the ball ridiculously mm-hmm. i thought that was going to come back to life and i thought duke obviously it's three weeks three weeks off yeah. i mean you can't you can't expect them to come out you know playing their best basketball although it's still boston college and you have mm-hmm. to you still should like beat up on those type of teams i mean three weeks off in a pandemic in a season where they played five games i mean you can't expect them to play their best but I'm glad we saw the best of Wendell Moore. That was yeah. that was the only thing I wanted to see. <laughs> Coming into that game, the only thing I wanted to see was Wendell Moore showing growth, and we got that. So, you know, a win is a win at the end of the day. Yeah, I think every conference game is going to be like this. There's yeah. going to be a couple blowouts each way, but every game is going to be a grind more like any other season, right? For sure, for sure. I mean, we'll see. I mean, we're recording this before they play tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. Wake Forest. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's another team that is probably going to compete. And every year, that's a team we typically beat on for the mm-hmm. most part. So, I mean, we'll see how they play. I think the big test, I hope they don't look ahead too much because obviously mm-hmm. the big game is Tuesday against Virginia Tech. Yeah. Um, hopefully that game is played. But yeah, this is this another game. I, I expect them to come out better than they did against Boston College, at least, at least. Um, but I think they should win this one, and then the Tuesday one. That's one. That's one. Typically, 
we can't expect to win uh, <laughs> at, at, in Blacksburg all the time. So uh, that's going to be the test for them. Okay. Well, you, you mentioned at Blacksburg. Does it feel like we have a disadvantage playing at home this year? I feel like we look better on the road. I don't know if that was just like the Notre Dame game and their defense yeah. is not good at all. But I, I honestly agree. Like I, that's what I said. I think before we traveled to Notre Dame, I was like, that might be a breath of fresh air for them mm-hmm. because they've been in the same location this like since the yeah. summer playing in the same gym. And obviously that should mean you should be accustomed to that gym, but it also could mean, you know, you get a little fatigued and <laughs> you get bored, you know, it's yeah. with no fans. It's not, it's kind of like you, you could get tired there, but. How I loud think, is that rim at Cameron without fans? Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my. And I thought, I thought they were going to pump in crowd. I think they are pumping in crowd noise, but they did in just, the Coppin State game because it was like yeah. so loud. But I think I think they toned it down a bit that we're not catching it on TV because you you kind of hear it in like the videos like Duke posts mm-hmm. um, when they're in the actual arena. So I guess they're pumping in crowd noise, but it's hard to replicate with Cameron. It's impossible. So yeah, you no, know, it's, it's 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 just tough. So are we better without Jalen? <laughs> Uh, no, we're not better. With, we're I mean, we saw better. a few of the Duke fans saying that. Yeah, and I think it's going to continue as long as he's out and they keep winning. Mm-hmm. Um, But no, we're not better without Jalen. But I think, I think you can say that I guess players could feel more comfortable without Jalen just because I feel like his play style is a little bit more contradicting and uh, combative to what they have on the roster. I feel like without Jalen in the lineup, you you get more guys like Roach and um, even Wendell back uh, back to how they're playing and just play freely, um, play small ball straight with actual four shooters on the four. Like, because when you put Jalen at that three, mm-hmm. it's just no, there's no yep. spacing. At no. all, especially when you're putting Mark Williams at the five, and then you have Jalen at the three, and then you have the inconsistent backcourt shooters. Mm-hmm. And just you're only relying on Matt Hurt to be your outside threat, and he's your big guy. So it's tough. It's tough for them to play with Jalen, but I think they just don't have enough time. They didn't have enough time to kind of figure it out, and that's why you know it's gonna look like while he's gone that they're um they're, they might look better. Yeah, we saw guys like Wendell Moore stepping up and in the Notre Dame game. Jeremy Roach played huge. Yeah. And uh, but so we've had what five postponed games this year, canceled, whatever you want to call it. Is there any yeah. way we reschedule those? Listen, I've been looking at every possible scenario. I yeah. think I, I think they should have definitely tried to. I know Duke doesn't like just scheduling NC State randomly, but mm-hmm. the opportunity was there I, to kind of it better not be a PNC. I mean, I think it would have to be. Oh, no, yeah, no, 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 no. A reschedule, not even a reschedule of that game, but like a, um extra game, just add them mm-hmm. into the schedule. Um, But that game would have been at Cameron because I think the game schedule is at PNC, actually. Um, But I don't, I don't think Duke would ever do that. But they ha- they're going to have a layoff January 12th to January 19th after Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. They do not schedule a game in between there. I, or at least re- reschedule a game, then they're mm-hmm. in trouble because I just don't see how – I was looking at everybody's schedules. I don't see how they're going to really fit in reschedule games. But, I mean, the UNC has been doing it. UNC's yeah. 
already rescheduled two games with Syracuse. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't get how Duke is not jumping on the jumping on the wave. All right, where do you see this team finishing at the end of the year? <sighs> Honestly, I mean, we don't know. They haven't gotten into their usual weird like February stride where they just knock seven off in a row. But yeah, I we're expecting that. Do you see them going past this, getting to the second weekend of the tournament? See, it's it's just so tough at this point, just because not even not even because they mm-hmm. played so many, it's like so little games. I think adding to the fact that the tournament now is in one location, um, and the fact that uh, the college basketball is so up in the air this year, with especially with no fans, it's like any night, every any given night, a powerhouse can go down. Obviously, we've seen Kentucky lose just about every every game before this <laughs> le- recent stretch. UNC's pretty much on just fighting for their lives every mm-hmm. single game. And that's something that's something <laughs> like I personally never really see. Like UNC usually is a program that even when even when there may not be like the top tier mm-hmm. and they have a solid roster, they still take care of the bad teams. Yeah. Like they'll 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 if they get their losses it's gonna be from teams that are just strictly better for, than them. But like to see them struggling with every single team is kind of crazy. Um but I just think it's hard to tell right now. I mean, do I think Duke is going to be in the tournament? Obviously, yes. Do I think they're going to be a, a top three seed? No. If I put my money on it, no. Um, <laughs> but it's it's like it's like we haven't really seen they're mm-hmm. undefeated in ACC play. Let's let's say they lose two games in the ACC throughout their schedule. They're, they're probably going to end up in the top fifteen, top ten range um, if they do dominate the ACC play. So like a lot can happen from now into the tournament. So I think it's just it's hard to it's hard to forecast right now. But I wouldn't give up hope that Duke can make like a Tweet Sixteen Elite Eight type run. Yeah, it feels a little like Twenty Sixteen. Yeah, we're like, hey, we're we're cool with losing to Oregon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if we catch Gonzaga in the in the tournament, that's I could guarantee you we're gonna get destroyed. Oh but... my! <laughs> oh my gosh! But, they destroyed uh, my BYU Cougars last night. Yeah, Gonzaga is just another level. It, it's just yeah. like not fair. Um, Jalen Suggs, they just they just have everything. Like they have the scoring, they have the defenders, and they have veteran presence. Like and they have these star freshmen. Like mm-hmm. pretty much check off every category. And they get to go through an easy conference play. Exactly. They had their hard non-conference, so they know they yep. can beat those teams. And then they get just to cruise by. They're going to be a 20-plus point favorite every single game in their – Every game. Every, every game. game. All right. So, we saw on Wednesday Coach K did not coach against Boston College. John mm-hmm. Shire did. Leads the question, is Shire the next guy? I, I hope not. Um, I'm not – Are you a Capel guy? Yeah, I'm a Jeff Capel guy. Mm. I've always been a Jeff Capel guy. I mean, I think J- Capel is perfect because, number one, he's going to – the Duke rosters we're seeing now every year, uh, with the exception, I guess, of the last year, kind of, the the Duke rosters we're seeing every year were just stacked with talent. When Cable, if Cable comes back and takes over Coach K's, you know, program, I think that's going to continue. Like Duke is still going to continue to get those top ten, top fifteen recruits every single, every single year. Um, and I think the coaching angle. I mean, he he's had his his uh his uh stint with coaching at Oklahoma and now at Pittsburgh uh obviously he hasn't like 
been a world beater, but I think he's definitely made some progress, especially with the Pittsburgh program um, mm-hmm. as best he's could. Um, but I think it's not, I think if you put, if you give him a talent that, that, that we've had the past couple of years, I think Duke is still at least, you know, still dominating most of the, most of the year. Um, it's just the tournament. That's, that's a different story. And that's where you got to build your legacy, but I, I'm on a little capable. I mean, we've had, Quinn Cook and, and former players on um, on our Duke show, and mm-hmm. you know they've said Jeff Capel as as their guy, as the person they think. So I, I think like that's the consensus around yeah. like the Duke community. Yeah, I just beg it's not Carolina lover Jay Billis. Oh no, nah. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Billis is getting anywhere near the coaching coaching nah, staff. Nor time, should so. he. But uh, you don't see a guy like Wojo or Chris Collins or Quinn Snyder. Yeah. Quinn Snyder would be very interesting coming mm. from the NBA. Um, I think that would be definitely tough for him. Um, but obviously it might have his advantages uh, being that he's been somewhat successful on the biggest stage of basketball. But I, uh, Wojo, Chris Collins, I think those those options have kind of watered down for me. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. initially when they made their, their moves to their respective schools, I thought, okay, you know, maybe they're setting it up for the future, but I mean, Marquette has been, Marquette has been solid. They've had their moments. Northwestern kind of the same. They've had their moments, mm-hmm. but it's not consistent. Um, but I don't know. I think they're, they've kind of lost, lost a little bit of that fire that, uh, that they would have kind of, had and the momentum that they would have had to get the job, but I'm sure they're going to be called. I'm sure yeah. all of them are going to be called eventually, including Hurley. And it's just going to be, yeah, yeah, for sure. Hurley too. Mm-hmm. Hurley is a, a sleeper. Yeah. I technically, out of all of the names, coaching wise, I trust Hurley the most. Um, to be honest, I just think he's done. He's done he's a done lot. Very well that. recruiting. Yeah, he's done well. He he's going to dominate recruiting, even if he goes to do. Mm-hmm. And I think he might have the edge coaching wise over a Collins and a Wojo, to be honest. Um, but obviously it's about matching what Duke wants. So we'll see. All right. So I mentioned this before we started. We, uh, the 2018 Zion year, mm-hmm. is that, that's the best Duke team we've ever seen, right? 100%. That's the, that's the most talented Duke <laughs> team. Don't let uh, anybody tell you otherwise that uh, there's been older Duke teams that mm-hmm. was more talented than that. No, there've been older Duke teams that have more veterans. They had more, you know, more maybe complete teams, but in terms of firepower and talent, nothing's beating that year. Okay, so are you one of those guys that criticizes Coach K? Or in terms of in terms of some what? people like are just say you can't question Coach K. You know he's the go. Blah blah blah. I'm like. Was that nah. not the worst? That was awful how we executed those end of game situations oh, yeah. that year. Yeah, I think Coach K on the ball. I have no I have no problem really calling out Coach K. I'm never gonna question him to a, a extent mm-hmm. where okay, I'm saying maybe he should not be coaching that team, this team, but I think it's always everyone's human. People uh coaches coaches are gonna make mistakes too. I think Coach K has had his share of mistakes with our rosters, and um, I think he'll tell you himself that he hasn't been perfect himself, but, you know, uh, it happens. But definitely Coach K not getting Zion the ball down the stretch was a consistent 
theme the whole year. It started with Gonzaga. Yeah, Gonzaga. The first <laughs> loss at the Maui Invitational. R.J. Barrett, although R.J. made some big shots, Zion needed the ball down the stretch. Mm-hmm. And that trend continued until the last game of the season. And it was actually the year before, too. He did the same thing with Marvin Bagley. Mm-hmm. Didn't get the ball. Uh, it was Grayson when, Allen. Yeah. Marvin Bagley was the most one of the most automatic buckets I've ever seen at Duke for a big man. Him and Jaleel and Connor in that same uh, – of in the one-and-done tiers, like, you give them the ball, they're getting you a bucket. And we just didn't get them the ball, and that's that's why we flailed out. Is Bagley the most underrated Duke player? Because mm. nobody gives him the credit he deserves, probably because Zion came in right after him. Yeah, I think because Zion came in and Bagley wasn't really, although he was the star, he wasn't really the face of the team. Grayson mm. was still the face. Yeah. Grayson was still getting all the headlines. And I think also what contributed to kind of Bagley being underrated was the fact he was in Trey Young's year, and Trey Young was getting every single headline. Even when Bagley, even when Bagley had thirty and twenty, mm-hmm. Trey Young was still dominating <laughs> the the national headlines. And I think that kind of took away from Bagley's kind of impact and what he did. But like, I, I personally, I per, I pre, Bagley's one of my favorite of all time to watch at Duke. But um, obviously, he didn't really get the respect he deserves. But also, kind of the relationships too. Not what well, not with Bagley itself, but I mean, just to keep it real, his father and stuff like yeah. that. There was no like kind of, there was still a nagging, I think, problem with you know, uh, him in the background, um, mm-hmm. and, and now you're kind of seeing it in the NBA too. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, uh, I, I think Bagley is definitely yeah. I can agree. He's probably the most underrated. Gary Trent, that you're also deservable on in the game yeah, situations for sure, a Gary lot more. Trent. Yeah, He's definitely. so clutch. All right. I should, probably should have opened with this. Mm. Give me your backstory. Like, how did this Duke NBA account start? Oh, man. Uh, it started kind of – Like, how old were you? I think I, I think I started initially as a different Duke account. Uh-huh. And um, I really forget what year it was. It definitely was – Cause I started it. I think I started it while I was in high school. Um, I mean, I graduated college in 2018, so I think I started it 2012. I would say 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely when I was in high school. Um, what an awful year to start. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Bad year to start. Ironically, if people don't remember, 2012 is when Duke lost to Lehigh. Ironically, I. I'm a Lehigh graduate now. Um, <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I, I just started it, and I don't think I really picked it up, like, actually, like, started consistently tweeting until, like, 2014, 2015 season when they won the championship. That's when I – yeah, that's when I kind of, like, started going hard on um, mm-hmm. tweeting, um, like, that year. Um, and it's been, like – I mean – it's been from there. It's just been like, you know, I was having fun with it. Initially, it was like, I was kind of like this mystery person, kind of like, yeah. I didn't have my, I didn't have my, uh, my identity attached to it. I never did, <laughs> but I always had a plan. Like eventually that I was going to, I, I kind of foresee that, of uh, uh, that I was going to get this amount of followers and like, 
because mm-hmm. because I naturally like that's how I work on social media. But like, I knew at a time I was definitely gonna reveal myself, and I think I've kind of done that the past couple of years. Um, just because just because at this point, like, there's so many people fo- like Kyrie follows, like obviously mm-hmm. all the, the Jones brothers, um, like Luke Kennard, JJ Reddick, all these guys. So I, I didn't want it to be like. I didn't want to like not capitalize on having the, all these people follow me and just be like some random account. So like <laughs> I wanted to put more personality to it. And now it's like got to a point where obviously we're doing the live shows now we're doing all types of content now. So I'm trying to build it into something kind of bigger than myself at this point and, you know, see where I could take it. Obviously I have my, my normal day-to-day job, but this is good. Definitely something I, I'm looking to like, in the future monetize at some point and trying to you mm-hmm. know, grow the brand a little bit. How often, like, how much time do you spend on Twitter? Just tweeting? Like I, you post a clip from a game instantly. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it's my normal job. Cause I work with complex as primarily for social. Um, so like it's naturally I'm on Twitter 24 seven, just cause <laughs> it's my job. I'm on Instagram half of that time and and, uh, and Facebook a little bit like so I'm always pretty much on social media for for my work just in general so so this kind of came naturally um but I was kind of doing this 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 prepared me for my day-to-day job I would say mm-hmm. um but I'm on Twitter 24 7 um I mean the only times I'm really not is kind of when I'm probably just like trying to distance myself and kind of like take a break if I'm just like watching shows or just doing doing something else to kind of get my mind away from it, but it's the sports world and everything, anything can happen at any point. So like you have to kind of keep track just so you don't lose anything. So with this Duke NBA Twitter account, uh, what kind of relationships have you created with the former players or players there now? Um, I if mean, there's any, no, nah, there's definitely a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I think the biggest one, the biggest one was Quinn Cook because mm-hmm. Quinn Cook, um, before I kind of blew up, Quinn Cook kind of made me blow up because I think I had like maybe a couple thousand followers, but I wasn't really like popping, popping yet. Uh, Quinn Cook, when I used to cover him after he graduated and he went to the G League, the G League then, mm-hmm. no, no, the D League then. Yeah, because um, he was on the can charge. Yeah, he was on the can charge. I used to kind of like, because just, Quinn, everybody loves Quinn. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let me kind of follow Quinn and what he's doing, even though he's not in the mm-hmm. league. You know, people still want to kind of uh, hear hear what, what Quinn is doing. Uh, so like Quinn, well, he obviously, you know, when he got to the D League, he kept he was killing it like from the yeah. start. He was putting up numbers. So like I would consistently like push out Quinn Cook, Quinn Cook content, and then it got to a point where it got to a point where he followed me. <laughs> And then I started because it was at the point I didn't have a personal personal account yet. Mm-hmm. So at, uh, on the Duke account, I would tweet anything. Like I start tweeting about the Giants, and I think he was like he's a he's a well, Washington football fan now. Uh, it was the Redskins back then, mm-hmm. um, and I think I, I started talking smack about Washington, <laughs> and <laughs> I think he got mad and he unfollowed me after that. <laughs> but it still got to a point where I was still covering him. And he's still DMing, he's still DM, 
like DM me, even though he wasn't following me. So like I'd be posting stats and it'd, be, it'd get to a point where I, I'd be posting stats and I might have something wrong. I might switch the assist and, and the rebounds. Mm-hmm. He'll DM me. Yo, nah, I had this amount, I had this amount of assists, <laughs> this amount of rebounds. I was like, oh, my fault, bro. But yeah, it's like, and then Quinn kind of, Quinn was kind of like the first when he did get to the league. And I did, like, I interned at Complex. He was kind of like the first NBA player I had a relationship with. So I just hit him up um, through the DM, actually. I was like, yo, I'm trying to do this story for Complex as an intern. Um, can I interview you? And he was like, yeah, just email, blah, blah, blah. I emailed um, his rep and we set it up and he actually, call, they actually called me. Usually if you're interviewing someone, you get their contact. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, and he called me and he was like, oh yeah, what's up, bro? We was, before we ended, did an interview, we were just like talking about you know, the past couple of years. And he was like, oh yeah, this is my number. Just save it. Um, and just like, whatever you need, just let me know. Um, that was kind of like, that was crazy for me. Like even I was in college at the time. Yeah. I was like, yo, dang, I really have this guy's number, NBA player, <laughs> Quinn Cook. Um, but yeah, it's just like, that's definitely like Quinn, I definitely give him credit. Even when he came on the show, like uh, I was like, he kind of helped me jumpstart my career in a way. And um, it was just all from this Duke NBA account. Uh, but, but yeah, just to cut it short, obviously Quinn is up there and Trey, Ty, Trey's definitely the, the, the more <laughs> recent one. Um, Trey, like we're talking all the time, DMs and um, he's always obviously resharing on Twitter, but, and he'll pop into the show. I actually popped into one of the shows one time, <laughs> just randomly in the comments, but like, he's, he's definitely a good dude. And yeah, the Tyus, definitely Trey and Tyus are, are up there as well. Um, hopefully we get some, some more, more dookies like Zion and them. <laughs> um, so how many Twitter accounts do you have on your phone? Like, how many times have you tweeted from the wrong Twitter account? Uh, I used to do that. What's crazy is some people know this, but at Complex, so I'm signed into the Complex Sports Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one time I meant to, I meant to reply from my Duke account. Mm-hmm. And I like quoted and quote somebody, and I think it was like Reese Davis or somebody. I was I was actually slandering them, and I tweeted it from Complex <laughs> Sports. And this is account, well, it's it's at like three hundred thousand now, but it was I think at the time it was like a hundred thousand, and I was like, yo, I hope nobody saw this. I deleted it after like three seconds, <laughs> but it's like yo, I'm I was like yo, I gotta I gotta figure a way. I just gotta make sure I don't tweet. <laughs> I gotta make sure I got, I tweet to the right account. Um, Someone did catch it. They did message me, but it was like one of my coworkers. He didn't really care. He was just <laughs> laughing at it. But yeah, I, I'm signed into I'm signed into like seven, seven. <laughs> and this is another story. I actually created the official page for like the Nigerian men's basketball team, their Olympic team. Um, yeah, that was something. <laughs> that was something. At the same time, it was kind of when I started the Duke account. At the same time, I was like, oh, let me start a because uh, they were in the Olympics at the time. That was when they played the U.S. and they lost to the U.S. by like 60 points. And mm-hmm. Carmelo Anthony did whatever. He had like 30. Um, but that was like uh, the time they first played in the Olympics. So I was like, nobody covers them. So I was like, let me start a Twitter account. So through the years, like I kind of just was tweeting randomly and it just got to a point where I started knowing the coaches. The coaches started asking me for advice. Um, 
Then I flew out to Houston when they played, played the U.S. before they traveled to Rio for the Olympics. They played the U.S. in like the Rockets Arena. So like I was on the court with like KD and them and, and like uh, Harden, whoever was playing at the time. And I actually met Justice too there randomly, <laughs> but that's another story. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like Twitter kind of, kind of paved the way a lot for me um, and what I've done. Um, so yeah, I think I'm signed into about seven, probably seven, eight accounts. Yeah. Okay. Last thing before you go, give me your craziest story about meeting a Duke player. You kind of mentioned that what there with justice. Um, uh, or, or it doesn't even have to be a Duke player, big time athlete or celebrity. I mean, I'll keep it. I'll keep it to Duke. What's a Duke player? I mean, I feel like yeah, Justice was just just, just is a cool story. Just because Justice was, it was after that Nigeria U.S. game, and it was in Houston, obviously in the Rockets. I mean, Justice wasn't on Team USA. And I think he just came for Coach K because obviously Coach K was coaching. Um, and I was just walking out the arena because I was with the team. I was just walking out the arena. And I randomly, randomly, uh, I was only me. It was like only me in the hallway and only him coming. I see him walking towards me. I was like, yo, that face looks mad familiar. <laughs> and I wasn't even trying to be like a fan, like a fan moment, but it just naturally, I just naturally burned out. Oh, that's just a Swizzlow. <laughs> and then he just turns around and he stops. He's like, yo, yo, what's good, bro? Yo, how you doing? And then we just talk for like 10 seconds, but. I, I was just like, yo, that's crazy that I just randomly saw him there. And, and he was, at the time, it was like, I, I think he, obviously all these guys pretty much know the Twitter, but mm-hmm. I didn't want to ad- introduce myself uh, as, oh, yeah, I'm this guy uh, <laughs> on Twitter. But I was just like, yo, that was mad cool. It was a mad cool moment. Have you been invited to K Academy yet? <laughs> K Academy is... For people who who are high <laughs> up there in, in tax bracket and age, and age, but I will get there. We'll get there at thirty five. Yeah, ho- hopefully, but <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be. Hopefully, Coach K is still coaching somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see though. We'll see. But uh, all right, I won't take any more more of your time. Thanks for joining me, man. For sure, man. For sure. Uh, Thanks for having me. Go check out the Complex Sports Podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Follow his Twitter page at Duke NBA if you don't already. Even if you're a Carolina fan, who cares? And follow if you're his a Carolina fan. Don't follow me. <laughs> <laughs> and then follow his personal Twitter page at Zion Olajide. Yeah, Olajide. Okay, yeah, I'm never gonna get that. Close enough for you non-spellers out there. Z I O N O L O J E D E. Appreciate <laughs> it, my man. And appreciate you having me, bro. Thanks for listening to our very special episode today with Zion Olajede, the creator of the At Duke NBA Twitter account. Also, go check out his podcast, The Complex Sports Podcast, and his personal Twitter page, At Zion Olajede. That's Z-I-O-N-O-L-O-J-E-D-E. Also, coming Monday, we will have Grant Farley back on to discuss the national championship game. We're going to record immediately after the game. It'll be posted Tuesday morning. And then also we have a very special guest on next week, John Ellis from One Panther Place. I'm super excited about that. We're going to get into everything about the Panthers. So go listen to that. Rate, review, subscribe. Thank you so much. Y'all are the best. Bye.